You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Good day to you. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and it's good to be with you today uh, as we look at the gospel brings conviction. The gospel brings conviction. Today, on Words of Encouragement. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been proven wrong? How did that feel when you were proven wrong? It, it, it never feels that great. Sometimes we, we go to great lengths to uh, minimize uh, the fact that we were wrong. Uh, we say, oh, well, uh, well, I was just mistaken. I, 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 I wasn't paying attention. We will come up with excuses uh, to try to kind of just minimize the, the fact of the fact that we were wrong. If you are a follower of God and you have the humility that comes with being a child of God, then when you were confronted with your wrongness, <laughs> you backed down and you accepted the truth. You said, okay, all right, that's exactly what happened. I, yeah, I was wrong. That is what a child of God should do when proven wrong. It is hard to accept that we could ever be wrong about anything, but guess what? Sometimes it happens. And sometimes the weathermen get things wrong. And they never get in trouble for it. You know, we may blame them, but do you really call them up? Who's called the weathermen lately and said, Hey, look, we tried to have something outside and we just didn't get to do it because you said it was going to rain and then it didn't. And we canceled it. Goodness, what is that? It's a pride that we all have that sometimes grows too big for its own britches that we decide that we cannot admit that we were wrong. In keeping with the topic of the gospel, we find that the gospel brings conviction. Now, what is conviction? Conviction is the state of being convinced that you are found in the wrong. This morning, we're going to find some believers who were in the wrong as we continue to look at the power of the gospel. And if you are able and willing, I want to ask that you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11, we're looking at verse 17, but we're looking at other verses as well. But I just want to highlight this verse at this time. Bible says, Therefore, if God gave to them the same gift as He gave to us also after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I? that I could stand in God's way. May God bless the reading of His Word. Let me invite you to be seated this morning. Well, first we see there are some in this chapter 11. We see that there are some accusations made against Peter. Look at verse 1. Now the apostles and the brethren who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. I love this verse. It's packed with a lot of information. If you look at it closely, you see that there was even back then, now remember, no internet, no telephone. Hey, they didn't even have a beeper. How many of you remember the beeper? There was no way to communicate with others except word of mouth. Now, I'm not going to say the G word, gossip, but the, uh, the way word traveled, 
it just, you know, you told someone who told someone who told someone. Well, word traveled, the apostles and the brethren who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. Now, just keep it, just look at that verse. Just having that verse there, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with other people hearing about God. You and I are looking at this thinking, well, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's, people hear about the Lord, you know. That's a good thing. Hey, th- there should be some excitement about that, that others who have not heard have now heard. This is a good thing, right? No, not in that day. In that day, let me remind you, the Gentiles not highly thought of. The Gentiles, you don't get near them, you do not eat with them, you do not touch them, lest you be defiled. You get the cooties. You just don't get near those who were not Jewish. That's what the people, that's what they'd been taught. That's, you, you just don't associate with those people. And so that's how it was for the longest period of time. But we have learned in looking at chapter 10 of Acts that Peter had an encounter. A God sent a divine encounter that he had with some, with God and then with some Gentiles where he went and shared the news of the gospel about Jesus with Gentiles. And he took some people with him so he'd have some witnesses that they could see and oh boy, oh wow, this is really happening. Oh wow, this is a God thing. This is something that God wants to happen. All right, well now listen to this. Now you look at this. The apostles and the brethren who were throughout Judea, they hear about these Gentiles having received the word of God. I like that. Uh, this, uh, this gospel, the news of the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ was for the Jews and other people too. Now, if my mother were Peter's mother, she would have told him, we don't do that. We don't go off and tell people about Jesus that aren't Jewish. It's not what we do. You know, if Peter's mom had been my mom, we don't do that. Oh, well, Peter would have been like, okay, well, that's all right, okay. Because uh, he would have learned from his own mother that that's not what we do. He would have heard those words. Peter would have in his mind as he left with, with Gentiles to go to a Gentile home and eat Gentile food from a Gentile table and share the gospel with Gentiles. He would have heard that in his mind had my mother been Peter's mother. We don't do that. We don't do that. And he's going. God told him to go, so he's going. And he's going in there, and he's eating with them. He's getting near them. Oh, man, we don't do that. We don't do that. And Peter, I, I, you know, if, he, if his mother had been my mother, I'm sure those words would have been in his head. Highly uncomfortable time for Peter. These were people who were not part of God's chosen family at birth and thus can be considered pagans. To the Jews. And the Jews considered them this. They considered them pagans. They did not look at them and say, hey, those are people who need to hear about Jesus. They didn't look at the Gentiles and say, they need to know who he is. They didn't do that. They didn't view them as prospects, but as those whom we do not do lunch with, nor draw close to geographically. So when Peter leaves with Gentiles and goes to a Gentile home and eats Gentile food with Gentiles and shares with them the gospel, word is going to get around. People are going to know where Peter went. 
Oh, did you hear about Peter? You hear what he did? Hear where he went? Do you hear who he ate with? Do you hear who he was with? Did you know this happened? Hey, by the way, did you know? Word got around and people questioned and people were wondering and talking about all of this. People are going to hear about it. Those who hear about it are not happy. Now keep in mind, these who hear and those and, and these who are unhappy are those who are the other apostles and fellow believers. Okay? Now this would be comparable to you uh, to one of us. Let's see, how would this be comparable? Because I, I think so well of us, <laughs> it's hard to think of something, but uh, if you were to go to a, well, let's say if you were to go to an immigrant camp and start sharing the good news. Now, Brother Craig, why would you go there? Because they need Jesus? Because they need to know about what he did for them on the cross, maybe? Oh, well, they're just not supposed to be here at all, blah, 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 blah. But don't they need to know who Jesus is? These people are fellow believers and they're looking at Peter thinking, now, whoa, we heard about you, Peter. What are you doing? Remember, Jesus, when he spoke to the disciples before he departed, said this, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Uh-oh. Jesus said it right there. All the nations. Oh, well, now, look, Jesus meant this, this nation here and, and this one, but not this one and certainly not this one or, or this one. Oh, oh, you go ahead. You redefine the Word of God. You go ahead. I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm not going there. No, no, no. God, through Christ, said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. And all, to me, means all. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus' goal is for the gospel to be for everyone, all people, everywhere. Look at verses 2 and 3. And when Peter came to Jerusalem, those who were circumcised took issue with him. Oh, man. Saying, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. What are you thinking? Now, this was a religious rite with the Jewish people. You had to be as a man, circumcised. This is what you had to do. This is just accepted. This is what they do. This is a part, but it's part of a religious uh, ideology here. They question Peter's actions because you're not supposed to be with those people, Peter. What are you doing? What are you doing? These are Jews who still followed a large portion of food laws which stated they could not fellowship with Gentiles unless they too observed the same Jewish food laws. It's like, you know, boy... Talk about separating yourselves out. And that's kind of what has happened here. They observed the food laws themselves, but they, if the, these Gentiles didn't, so you're not going to be eating with them. So saying there was a bit of discrimination going on here is a huge understatement. There will be even some more brothers and sisters in Christ who will speak out against you when you follow the direction of God. When you do the right thing, someone's going to question you. And it could even be fellow believers who question you on your behavior. Oh, I saw you talking to so-and-so. You know, they, they got a bad reputation. I don't know why you're talking to them. Maybe you're trying to talk to them about Jesus. And how are you going to do it? 
I mean, how are you going to do that? Somebody's going to hear. Somebody's going to see. Somebody's going to notice. Oh, saw your car over at such and so's, you know, so and so's house. What are you doing over there? You know, you know, you know about them, don't you? I mean, it is really interesting how even fellow believers can fall into the trap of wondering what what's going on. You know, sometimes we get judgmental to the point where we just, well, I don't know what's going on, but I bet I can make something up, and uh, I bet I can stir up something around town then. Uh, uh-huh. Your goal as a fellow believer, a brother and sister, or sister in Christ, is to support each other in sharing the gospel. That should be our goal in, in the sharing of the gospel. We should be supporting each other. This, it's amazing how our mind, we, I guess we allow the devil to throw a lot of things in our heads. And we, well, I don't know what they're doing over there. You know, I, you, know I don't, you can make up a lot of mess, a lot of stuff that's not true and really hurt some people. Do we need to worry about what people say about us when we're following God? I say no. If you know in your heart of hearts you're doing what God is calling you to do, you do it. People talk about it, hey, hey, you're doing what God has called you to do. You know, you, you've got to know what you're doing and know that it's called of God. Don't, don't, please do not strike out and say, well, I think God's telling me to do this. And he's not told you a thing. And you're just going and doing stuff. Oh, I think I, yeah, God, God told me. Oh, don't, no, no. That's misuse of the name of God. That's misuse of His authority in your life. That's saying, well, He told you to do something and He didn't. Be very careful. But if God has called you to do something, you go and do it. You just do it. If you're sure that you, that if you are sure that you are following the voice of God in your life, you do not need to worry about what, what others say, think, are due to you. You follow the Lord. You'll be okay. You will follow the Lord. The next thing, Peter explains his actions. So Peter speaks up. I love Peter. He speaks up. Peter, Peter talks before he needs to talk sometimes, but I love Peter. Verse 4, but Peter began speaking and proceeded to explain to them in orderly sequence so, Peter, does he have to explain his actions? I don't think he does, and yet there is a sense of responsibility because Peter is one of the disciples. And so, people, they, they want to know, Peter, what's going on? So, there is a sense of responsibility to the people, to the rest of the believers, for Peter to say, hey, okay, look, this is what's going on. Does he have to? No. But does he want to stay in good, God, good standing with God and his people? I think he does. And so Peter explains his behavior because what he has done is changing the course of history. He is making it possible for you and for me to have Christ in our hearts. Look, this is pivotal point in history here. This is it. If, look, if the Jews had kept Jesus, if the Jewish believers had kept Jesus to themselves and said, well, you know, he's just for us. Sorry for you. If they had done that, you and I wouldn't be sitting in this building today. You and I would not, would not have the right to accept Christ. We would not. That, it's just not for us. This is how pivotal what is happening here in, in this time, in this moment with Peter. This is how important it is. This is how important it is. So Peter explains his behavior. Uh, and, and the Bible says he shares in an orderly sequence. I like that. 
He didn't, he didn't float all over the place. Well, then we went here, and, and then they said this, and, and Cornelius was there, and, and, and no, orderly sequence. It appears he has thought about this. It appears he has thought how he's going to share this with the believers. He knows they're going to ask. He knows people are going to wonder, where, why was he with those Gentile people? What's he doing over there? He had it together. He knew what he was going to say. So he has it in his mind, and instead of, t of telling bits and pieces or, or trying to defend what he did, he shares it from the beginning. He tells them how he was in Joppa praying. He saw a vision of an object coming down like a great sheet with four-footed animals and uh, wild beasts and crawling creatures and birds. Kind of a weird, uh, just a weird vision here. But then God said, go kill and eat. Peter's like, oh, I don't eat that. That's unclean. God says, ah, do not call unclean what I have called clean. Kill it and eat it. The Bible tells us that it happened three times. Vision came down. Three times he saw this happening. It's like, whoa. Peter got the point. Peter understood. He tells them, he hears uh, uh, this voice telling him what to do. He's very clear in stating that he has never allowed that kind of stuff in his mouth. Uh, but God says, eat it. Kill it and eat it. He also makes it clear that God said, uh, what God has cleansed, no longer consider unholy. So it's God who made the change in diet acceptable for the Jewish people. Peter, Peter makes sure they hear this. Isn't that interesting? Peter's like, hey, I got to wonder. I have to wonder. He ate some meat and said, whew, this is good. Look at this. We've never had this. It's never been okay, but now it's okay. And man, this is awesome. I'm going to make sure everybody understands that this is good. This is awesome. God said it was good. God said it's okay. And so, I mean, this is, that's a major flip in the diet of the Jews here even. And so he, I, he's, I think he's very excited. And he makes sure they hear this. He tells them about the three who came to visit him that asked them to go with him. Those three Gentiles came to his house and said, hey, we want you to go with us. We've been sent to get you. Peter's like, oh, yeah, if that's what happened, he tells them this. Uh, again, Peter qualifies his behavior. He says, the Spirit makes it very clear. I didn't come up with this. Peter says, I'm not, I just didn't dream this up and decide to do this all by myself. No, no, no. The Spirit told me to go with them without misgivings. He also mentions the six who went with him. He tells them about Cornelius, about his vision. Look at verses 14 and 15. And he will speak words to you by which you will be saved, you and all your household. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as He did upon us at the beginning. Ooh, Peter is just beginning his sermon, and the Holy Spirit interrupted him, and Peter shares this. Notice, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as He did on them in the beginning. Peter joins the two occasions together, and in doing so, points out that he shared the gospel with them. And it was blessed it was blessed by God. It was blessed when he shared with the Gentiles. It was okayed by God. Look at verse 16. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he used to say, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Peter is saying that the reception of the Spirit by the Gentiles was to be regarded as being baptized with the Spirit, since it was the same kind of thing that happened at Pentecost. Secondly, if the Gentiles had been baptized with the Spirit, then they, would, they should also be eligible to be baptized with water. 
It's possible that Peter was saying, John baptized merely with water, but you shall be baptized not only with water, but with the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 17. Therefore, if God gave to them the same gift as He gave to us also, okay, he's making his argument here. Therefore, if God gave to them the same gift as He gave to us also, after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? If the Lord gave to them the same gift as He gave to us also, after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in your heart. If they got the same Holy Spirit, if God did this with them just as He did with us, I like this, who was I that I could stand in God's way? Am I supposed to say, oh, you can't do that? Oh, no, no, Gentile people. No, this isn't for you. You can't receive the Holy Spirit. You can't receive forgiveness of sins. No, no. Peter's like, I, I can't. I must, I, who am I to stand in God's way? I love this. He makes it very clear. I, I had to follow through. I, I mean, I, there, it happened in front of my eyes. It was happening. I can't stop it. I can't stop it. There's no way I can stop it. This is God at work. This is God moving among the people. I mean, I know they're Gentiles, but that's what's happening. That's what's happening. Look at verse 17. Again, therefore, if God gave to them the same gift as he gave to us also, after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? He makes, it, he makes his point. He leaves it up to them to decide. And he stops right there. Who is I? Who is I? To stand in God's way. Make sure when you obey the voice of God that your actions are clearly done in obedience to Him. Peter didn't have to make up anything. Peter didn't have to say, look, you know, well, I thought it would be neat if I shared the gospel with them. Uh, I thought it would be cool just to see what would happen. No, 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 no. He says, look, the Spirit sent me. I know I'm doing the right thing. I know I'm doing the right thing. When you obey the voice of God, make sure that your actions are done in obedience to Him. Not yourself, not your own ideas, but in obedience to Him. God calls you to go and to share the good news with someone. God, goes, God calls on you to stop on the side of the road and help someone. Oh, that's big time controversial these days. The last time I tried to stop and help someone... I, the, the lady looked at me like, oh, whoa, you know, and she started backing up. And I, I didn't even, I, I, I mean, I just got out of my car and took one step and she started backing up. And I said, hey, I said, do you need help? I'm fine. I, I, I called for help. I said, all right, good deal. Just checking. I thought, wow, you know, the world we live in. I mean, you never know. Who am I? But look at me. But anyway, who, you know, how could, would I hurt, how could I hurt somebody? But, but I mean, look, you know. In the world in which we live, it's just like, whoa, and everybody's on their guard. But it's interesting. But, but, but make sure that whatever you're doing, it's in obedience to God. If God is calling you to stop, stop. Hey, it may turn out like that lady. She may say, you know, the, the person may say, hey, no, I'm good. And you say, hey, just checking. Is there somebody I can call? Somebody else I can call? What do you, you know, what do you need? Do it at a distance. But if God told you to stop, you better stop. I mean, if he wants you to do it, you better do it. If he's leading you to stay until help arrives, you're standing there in your car. She's way over there in hers. I mean, hey, that's fine. 
Whatever God is calling you to do, do it in obedience to Him. You, we never know how God is going to use us in any given time and any given, on any given day. We really never know. That's the exciting part, I think, about being a Christian. You just never know. God could use you at the drop of a hat to help someone else. The third thing, believers react to the conviction by the action of the gospel. So these apostles and brethren have listened to what Peter has said, and the Holy Spirit has been working in their hearts because this is a God thing. This is God at work, and so he's moving in these believers as well to help them understand, oh, I think... Oh, this oh this is oh this is going to change everything. Yeah, yeah, it's big. It's real big. But they're beginning to get it. Look at verse 18. When they heard this, they quieted down. <laughs> Again, Peter, who is I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God saying, "Well then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. Well then, I guess, I guess the gospel's for the Gentiles. Well, they've got it. This is a huge moment in history. The opening of the gospel to the entire world. God intended for this to happen. And, 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 and here it is where it took place. Notice that even many who were his children were just not quite ready for this change. Just not quite ready for this. We got to make sure. We got to be sure. Is this right? I, Peter, mm, Holy Spirit told me. God told me. Well, now people say that kind of thing. No, no, no. This is what happened when I went. This is what happened. And you heard from other people what happened. And I'm telling you, this is what happened. Oh, my goodness. The Holy Spirit's working in their hearts. Confirms that what Peter has been talking about did happen. And it's true. Oh, my goodness. Change is always hard. You know, our own bodies change so slowly that we don't notice much until something doesn't work anymore. Amen. Oh. Uh, oh me, oh my. <laughs> I mean, look, it, it, change happens so slowly, and it's best served slowly. Even when it is, there will be somebody who will say, well, I object, I don't like it. Even when it's a slow change, I don't like it. Notice, they went quiet at first. They didn't have much to say after hearing what Peter said. Then they break out in praise of God. I think they get it. I think they realize that... that that their God is for everyone on earth. Look again at that last part of verse 18. I love this. Well then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. They said it out loud. And the Jews spoke something. In their minds, it then existed. You understand? It's, it's a different way of thinking. It's not the way we as Americans think. We say stuff and, oh, then we have to come back and apologize. The Jews were very careful in how they spoke and what they spoke and when they spoke. But when they said this, when th th it's in existence, here it is. God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. It has been spoken. It's out there. There it is. The change that God was going to make has been made. The Gentiles are now part of his family. If they, if they accept Christ as their Savior, they're a part of God's family. The Jews now get it. Wow. Big deal here. 
big deal. Yes, God did that. Every person you see in this world is a person whom God loves. Every pair of eyes that you look into is someone whom God loves. And he sent his son Jesus to die for them on that cross. No one in this world should ever be excluded from hearing the gospel. No one. Because the gospel is for everyone. And there's a conviction that happens when the gospel is shared. And these believers were even convicted by the gospel to understand that it's for the Gentiles. But those people, those Gentiles, they came to Christ convicted of their sin. Understanding that they, were, they needed to be forgiven of their sin. Understanding that they had sinned against God. Understanding that they needed to repent and turn away and turn to Christ. If you're sure you're following the voice of God in your life, you don't need to worry what other people think, do, or say about you. Make sure that you're obeying the voice of God. And you're, what you're doing is in clear obedience to Him. And when you obey the voice of God, He can even change your heart. Maybe you're here this morning and you have never given your heart to Christ. You're thinking, what in the world does that mean? That means you come to the realization that you've sinned. Everyone, let me tell you, everyone in this, everyone in this room has sinned. The Bible tells us we fall short of the glory of God. That means we are not accepted into His family because we have sinned. Well, then what do we do? How do, we get, how do we get to heaven? How, how do we get forgiven? We ask. We ask God to forgive us of our sins. We repent. We turn away from our sin. We ask Him to forgive us of our sins, to come into our heart, and to be in charge of our life. That's what we do. That's what we do. And many people here this morning in this room have done that. They have made that decision to have Christ in their heart. And their life is no longer the same. They've been changed. They've been changed. And they're continuing to be changed. God is continually working on us to make us like Christ. Maybe you'd like to give your heart to Christ. Maybe today is the day that you would like to do that. You'd like to say, hey, I want this, Jesus. I want to know more. Maybe you just want to know more. Maybe you're not ready to make the decision today. But you want to know more. I hope that you do want to know more. I hope that you want to know more about what it means to have Christ in your heart. Listen, I'd like to talk to you. I'd like to communicate with you. You can find us at fbcwinsboro.com. You can email us from there. I'd love to talk with you about what it means to have Jesus in your heart. Listen, (laughs) we need him. A lot of people say, well, I'm fine by myself. I can do things by myself. I don't need anyone's help. You know what? Real people, mature people realize that they need help, that they need God's help, that we can't just wing it in this world. Uh, Mature people, you know, they get to the point where they realize that they are helpless. I know a lot of people think, I mean, they like to be, you know, known as tough and and big, and and, and they don't need anybody's help. But the truth is, they do. The truth is, they do. I hope that the Holy Spirit has been working with you and working on your heart. If you have not given your heart to Christ, I don't want you to do it because I'm telling you you need it. 
I want you to do it because that's something you want to do, something you have realized that you need. God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on that cross for you. He did that for you. He did that because he wants you to be a part of his family. He did that because he wants you to have your sins forgiven. He made the opportunity available to us if we will only receive it. My prayer is that you will take some time to talk with the Lord. I hope that you you may be riding down the road right now. You may be listening to this in your home. You may be cleaning, cleaning a house even. And maybe that's what you do. You listen to podcasts. Well, I hope that you'll take some time to talk to the Lord. Just take some time and talk to Him. Share with Him what's on your heart. Again, if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at fbcwinsboro.com. And you can email us that way and get in touch with us. You can even learn more about our church right here in Winsboro, Louisiana. Uh, let me extend an invitation to you if you're ever near us on a Sunday. Come visit with us. Hey, if you're just near us, come by the office. I'd love to talk with you. Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement. And remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.